This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 644. And the quote of the day is, sometimes when everyone else is zigging, you gotta zag. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey yo, what's going on everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 644, and I got a great, great episode with the one and only Dave Elich. And fun fact, Dave was on the podcast, he was episode 22, that happened on March 17th of 2014, and it's still one of the most downloaded episodes ever of all time on the podcast. So I'm super excited to get him back on for an all new conversation. And coincidentally, uh, Dave and I live uh, really close to each other, which I didn't, I didn't even realize. And I was out to breakfast uh, a week before I did this, this episode with him and just randomly saw him sitting there and was like, and I haven't talked to him in a while. And, uh, but we had already had this lined up and I looked over and I'm like, Elich, which is kind of cool. Uh, I think it's a, the world's way of saying that, uh, that we should have been connected and, and, uh, that, you know, he should come back on the podcast, which we already had lined up anyway, which was, which was the coincidental part. So anyway, this conversation covers a lot of stuff that he talked about in his getting out of your own way course that, that he created a few years ago. And he's made, he's made updates along the way. And this one in particular is the newest round of updates where he went and re-recorded a lot of the stuff because he's always learning. He's always learning about posture and how the body works and kinesiology. And, and he studied what's called the Alexander technique. So he brings that and incorporates that into this course and into his teaching. And we talk a lot about posture and how things we do in our day-to-day lives affect how we're sitting at the drums and vice versa and how everything is interconnected, whether you're stretching or lifting weights or doing some sort of mindfulness practice or there's yoga and Pilates and all of these things that we do with our bodies, walking, sitting, standing, running, uh, sitting at a desk and how all of these things play an important role in your overall posture and your overall technique and things like that. And Dave explains it a lot more eloquently than I can and has gone down the rabbit hole and spent years studying this stuff, perfecting it, and not only studying it and perfecting it, but then also learning how to teach it to others. So tons of information in here, and I recommend that you go and check out davylitch.com so you can get his new course as well. Uh, but I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with Dave Elich. Dave, what's going on, my man? Yo, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I was, uh, I was looking back at when you were on the podcast last Mm. and dude, you were, so you were on, which I I, like, I was, I didn't realize that it was that long ago. It was. Mm the 22nd episode. So that was March 17th of 2014. Whoa. It was that long ago. I, I was just looking and I was like, I knew it was a while ago. I didn't realize it was, it was that long ago though. I was like, holy <laughs> that's shit. Cra- that's, well, that's crazy. Um, wow. So um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping, nuts. I'm hoping some things have happened uh, between then and now. So <laughs> yes. Well, um, I think quite a bit of things have happened, which is, you know, what we're going to be, what we're going to be talking about. That's good. Um, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the thing that's always been interesting to me, um, I think that there's a there's a lot of, and I don't want to generalize here, but like I, I think that there's a lot of people who are really really good teachers, and mm. but don't gig as much. I mean, they can play and they, you know they gig a little bit, but they really focus on teaching. And then the other side, there's really great players, and they're sort of okay at teaching, or they pick up students uh, to like make some extra bread when they're not on the road or whatever it is. But you've mastered both and you've and you've managed to to really uh like intersect both of those because I think that they're they're huge passions passions of yours. But how did you become the guy to go to? Like how how did you become the guy, not just for amateur drummers, but pro drummers seek you out, like really well known drummers seek you out for your instruction. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you become that guy? Well, um uh first of all thank you i appreciate that um i i don't know how to put this other than i just at a very young age i just knew this was what was going to happen i don't know how to put that other than sounding sort of cocky but like at at, when i decided i was going to do this for a living when i was 14 or 15 and i was getting really serious i was I was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't I, if I'm going to teach, why wouldn't I teach my contemporaries or people who are doing what I'm doing? And if I'm going to tour or do recording sessions, why wouldn't I do all of this stuff at the highest level possible? And I am lucky that a few, like my sister is a doctor, but she has some teaching experience. And my dad uh, was in finance, but he has some teaching experience. And so there's a little bit of that in my blood. My aunt's a social worker. So like and my sister does palliative care. So there's a lot of like helping people in my family uh, and a, a sort of sensitivity that is in my genetics probably. So it was a lot. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people tend to go, well, I'm sort of slow with playing right now. Maybe I'll just teach a little bit. And to me, it was always something I took equally as seriously as as playing, and I think that it's it's always been something that I've I've had these two things in tandem moving together. And the more I teach, the better of a player it makes me, and the more I play, the better of a teacher it makes me. And uh, I, I don't know; it's just always been like that in my in my brain. I take I take both of those things very seriously, and I think they complement each other. Uh, in an extraordinary way. And I also think you're right. I think a lot of really good players are not good teachers inherently because they've never had to break anything down for themselves. So they don't understand how to do that for themselves, let alone someone else. And then there are a lot of players who have a ton of degrees, but they don't have any real world experience or maybe can't play at a high level. So there's a disconnect in that way. And uh, finding someone in the middle is is difficult and, and rare. Mm-hmm. So that is the niche that I, at a very young age, was like, I'm going to be the guy to, to, to be in the middle. Right. Do you, do you ever think that, or do you ever worry that someone may not hire you for something because they think that, oh, he's, he's just teaching and he's not really focusing on playing and touring? Um, yeah, I mean, that, I have thought about that. I'm not going to say that hasn't crossed my mind. It has. But uh, I think my CV and my playing ability more than speaks for itself. And I think with especially whatever's happened in the world in the last few years, 
I think there's been this keeping up of keeping up of appearances with people where they're like musicians or creatives, whatever type where they're like, Oh yeah, this is all I do. Mm -hmm. But as you know, plenty of people have other things that they do as a side hustle to pay the bills. And I think it's so interesting that there's that thing where it's like, Oh, he's a teacher. So he's not really like a real player where it's like, if you, I've taught plenty of touring guys who work in the stock room at whole foods or whatever, Right. And it doesn't have, right. and it doesn't have that same, um, I don't know, whatever you would call it, that same, like negative dis- connotation to it. Or yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know what that is exactly. It's it's really strange to me. Um, and the keeping up but, with appearances is is really strange to me too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like someone doesn't want to admit that they have a, a side gig or they don't. Right. I remember talking to Bermuda Schwartz about it and he was like, there's no honor in starving for your craft. Totally. He's like, go get a fucking job. Totally. And, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And then when you, I'd say this all the time, when you do have a job doing something else, especially if it has nothing to do with music, then when you go to play music, you can a hundred percent commit to it. And it's a really special thing. That's why I tell these people who I who study with me who live in other places and they want to move to LA, I'm like, don't get a job at Guitar Center. Like, right. You're right. gonna hate. You're gonna hate drums and music. Like, go work in an office and hate working in an office. And then when you get off, you're like, man, I'm gonna play, go play drums or practice. I can't wait, you know. And yeah, but but especially with with the world we're living in now, it's unbelievably rare. For someone to be able to do any sort of creative thing a hundred percent and and make that all that they do it's it's right. uh this isn't this isn't the i mean it was hard back in the day too but it's just so much more complicated now so yeah. it, it is it is an interesting thing that 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 saying of like those that can't do teach which you know i just think it's complete bullshit definitely for me <laughs> but I, I can't yeah, speak I for other people but i think it's complete bullshit I I actually think it's the other way around where there's a lot of great players who can't teach. And that's, yeah, well, that's and it, what, you know. Well, well, that's what I was saying earlier. And I've said this a lot. Um, you know, someone who is a great player is usually gifted. Mm-hmm. And so what that means inherently is that they don't have to think about how they execute what they execute, whether that's technique or conceptually philosophically they they want to play something it just comes out that's the definition right. of, of being gifted so if that's the way that they are they've never had to, to break things down for themselves let alone anyone else so I, I you know i have people tell me oh i took a lesson with this guy and he was just like you know yeah just do this thing and i couldn't do it and he was like well, well you know why can't you do it i can just do it and right. and it's it's, hor- it's, it's great horrible. teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it drives me crazy, and, and people don't understand that. Like, you can have someone who's a phenomenal teacher, uh, excuse me, a phenomenal player and a horrific teacher because they're two completely different skill sets. And you can have someone who's not a great player uh, and, and a great teacher, although although they're still going to be missing that intrinsic deep knowledge of 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 w- what it means to play at a very high level. Right. Um, so they may be able to, to explain technically what's going on, but but they they don't know themselves. Sure. Um, so in either way, it's it, it's it's still lacking. But um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting to me. A lot of those a lot of those things. 
Was it for you when you were younger, was your development, were, were you less gifted and had to rely more on skill and, and real, and was your development a little bit slower for yourself? And so you had to break these things down for yourself and that's sort of how you learn not only how to teach yourself, but how to teach others. Uh, it's, it's a good question. I've always been fascinated with seeing how things work. I mean, I'm not like taking apart a, a clock radio or something. My right. brain doesn't, doesn't work like that, but well, you do I, that I think, with cars though, don't you? I mean, I mean, I, I love cars and I understand right. how they work, but I, I am terrible with my hands, ironically, uh, with cars and I don't yeah. have any, any patience, ironically with cars. So the experience I had working on cars or my Barracuda when I was in high school, like I'd be taking out the steering box and it's just like super heavy and it wouldn't clear and I'd immediately get furious. And I was just like, ah, I got it. I'd rather pay someone else to do this. So I when it. I was, I can, when I was, I'm like windshield white, other than windshield wipers and like <laughs> yeah. putting gas in the car. Other, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm yeah. not the guy. I'm when not the I guy was, to do it. When I was young, I really wanted to be that guy, and then I got older, and I was like, eh, this isn't. <laughs> this just isn't me. I, you know, sometimes I, I gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta admit who you are and yeah. who you're not, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm gonna let my ego go here. I'm not the guy that's gonna be tuning <laughs> tune the carburetors on my Barracuda, and that's okay. All right. Um, Fair enough. So, so, uh, so yeah, it's, well, it's an interesting answer to your question in that I, I don't, I obviously have some sort of natural ability, but like when I sat down when I was nine or 10, it just sort of made sense to me, but I wasn't, I'm not like a freak prodigy or something like mm -hmm. Tony Royster or something where you're just an alien or like Bruner or something. Um, but I, I am unusually hypersensitive to kinesthetics to energy to how things feel both in myself and other people and that's why i can do a lot of things that no one else can at least in in drumming um so there were a lot of things to me like something as simple as like playing off of the off of the bass drum letting the beater bounce off and relax and rest was completely obvious to me from day one and i thought that was how everyone played because it just made sense to me. Like it feels really, really bad to me when I have to dig the beater in and all that energy comes back up into my body. It's like, look, why would I, why would I do that? And I just thought everyone did that. So there was many different examples and many different levels of that occurring from a very young age. But, but also I think probably the entire, uh, throughout my entire life, I would be in fifth grade band and there was another drummer who was better than I was. And he could play Smells Like Teen Spirit and I couldn't. And, and it drove me nuts. And I just worked really hard until I got better than him. Um, whatever that means. And, you know, when you're a kid. Right. Um, and then, you know, it was, it's really, my life has been that over and over and over again, where I would hang out with people who were smarter or better than me. And then mm -hmm. it would give me the fuel and the fire to work really hard and, you know, surpass them in what, whatever way that means, you know, um, uh, in, at, in my head at that time, um, uh, you know, as, as you know, like we're all different and better at different things, but mm -hmm. so, so, you know, it, it, I'd be like, I'd hang out with someone and then they would kick my ass and I'm like, Oh man, this is like, I gotta, you know, I gotta really put the work in here. So, so it, it's an interesting answer where like on one hand I have a, a, a very rare skill set, and then on another hand, like I have a little bit of ability, but my perseverance and determination and focus has more than made made up for me not being a prodigy. Gotcha. 
So I, I remember the reason why I asked that. I remember talking to Benny Greb, and he was saying that he, he, he was like, my progress was so slow mm-hmm. that I had to sort of like, I had to start gaming the system a little bit and and figuring out how to make myself better faster because it was just it was just not coming to me. So now and now mm-hmm. we look at Benny's body of work of like of how he practices, how he teaches people, uh, and obviously the way he plays. But we look at him, and I think from the outside, you know, a lot of people would look at him and say, oh, he has this amazing talent. It must have been easy for him, and it was quite the opposite, and he mm-hmm. had to break it down so much. Now he can explain it so well to exactly. people, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's a, It's exactly the same thing. And he obviously has some sort of natural ability, Sure. Uh, but but he's also had to work really hard, and, and I think he definitely has a lot of natural teaching abilities and has a natural ability to break down information and and he's one of the few dudes out there who i uh like and respect and think is doing a great job and he came to you too didn't he for yeah he came yeah he came to me for some hand technique stuff a few years ago um and that's uh, a nod to to your your skill and ability for sure yeah um yeah absolutely and uh but you know i do that stuff all the time you know i Mm -hmm. mean he's he's great but that's you know i do that with all kinds of people all the time and and you know he was like yeah i need i want i have I need to work on my hands. I, ha- I can, you know, and and we worked on some stuff. And, uh, and then he came back a couple of years later, and he was like, "I, I haven't really worked on this very much. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard." And I was like, "Yeah, I get it. You know, does that, does that does that mean he's he's a bad player? No, of course not. Right. Uh, it just it just it's the same thing with everyone. It's like he's getting maybe twenty miles to the gallon instead of fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, is he a great player? Absolutely. And you can apply this to anyone, by the way. But like, is he a great player? Totally. Could he be even better? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Can I apply that to myself? Absolutely. It's what I'm trying to do with people is get everyone I work with in the ballpark. Right. It's, you know, right. It's like some people are sitting out in the parking lot going like, I don't even have a ticket to get in here. Right. And, right. and other, other people are in the game. And, and so basically, we just want to get you, like I said, with the miles per gallon analogy, it's like, yeah, you know, some people are getting five miles to the, to the gallon, you don't need to get 50. But if you're getting 40, that's great. Right? That's, that's right. a hell of a lot better than what you were doing before. And it's because there is no perfect anything, there certainly is no perfect use of the body, but there's definitely better use. Right? Yeah. I agree. Uh, so you had met, I mean, referencing, like, let's go back and reference uh, your other, your course that you have, Getting Out of Your Own Way. What are the things that get in people's way? What are, what are like, because I, I got to imagine there's, you're like, oh, that's usually like these five things where they sit down, it's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Good, good question. So, uh, you know, when people come to work with me, I say, you know, let's put the put the throne, the 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 snare, and the hats wherever you normally have. I usually have like a four piece kit set up, so it's mm-hmm. you know nothing crazy. Um, and so I see where they position things, and I say, you know, don't don't play, don't put things where you think I want them to be. Don't play like you think I want you to play. Just play however you normally play and just give me like back and black. Just give me some meat and potatoes and just play boom, bah, boom, bah, and just play that. And sometimes before they even hit anything, there's a lot that I can see that, that, mm-hmm. that's going on. You know, sometimes before they even know what they're doing consciously, the way they organize themselves to use their body, they immediately take a big breath, hold their breath, shoulders go up, 
mouth gets tight, tongue gets tight, lips get tight. Uh, they hold themselves up with their legs. They slouch. Um, there's all sorts of things that I can see within a matter of seconds. Um, and it's some people realize they're doing certain things and they don't know how to fix it. Some people have no clue. And really what my job is to with, with these people, whether they're professionals or hobbyists or whatever, it's to get them to a place where they understand what it feels like in their body to be deeply connected back to their own body without all this excess tension present. And so many people just bulldoze their way through life with so much tension that they're used to it and they don't even know that it's there. And so once I show them all the things that they're doing and then hopefully get them out of their own way, meaning like, let's get all this, let's relax. So now that you aren't clenching your, your, your arm, now you can actually use it. Right. 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 And so it's, it's, it's really at the bottom of it all. It's really that simple. A lot of people are just balled up pretzels made of like piano wire or steel cable in order to make it through their childhood and either them in order to make it through their job in order to make it through living through modern day society and, and all of its you know pitfalls um, and challenges uh in their family life i mean you know this, mm -hmm. this stuff is so much bigger than than drums and i think that's one of the biggest failures of of so many teachers and especially instagram and youtube and everything is, is everybody is just like so micro and they're just like drums, 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 drums. And the problem is we need to be macro and we need to zoom out and we need to go, wait, how do I use my body universally? Like, how does this thing work when I'm walking down the street? That's one of the biggest things I do with people is people come in and they're digging the beater into the bass drum. And I'm like, okay, look at what you're doing right now. Like feel what your leg feels like. Can you imagine having your leg like that and trying to walk down the street? You're standing <laughs> on the sidewalk. And everyone laughs and I go, yeah, you couldn't even move. And that's right. so much, so much of what being a good teacher is, is coming up with analogies that like immediately shift someone's perspective and they go, oh, pff, yeah, of course, of course that, that wouldn't work or make sense. And it's, and I don't have to show them why they, they know right. intuitively. I had to do that with, um, with, uh, Adrian Young from, from no doubt the other day, mm -hmm. like he, um, I had to do all that same foot stuff with him. And, you know, it's not like he doesn't get it and everyone else does. It's like <laughs> right. no one does. Right. And, and he's a smart dude and he's been playing golf at a really high level. So I was like, okay, here we go. Like he's been doing that for years. And I was like, this is what, this is going to be our home base and we're going to keep, and I'm just going to keep coming up with analogies from golf uh, to drumming. And so it, it keeps everything making, making sense in that way. Right. Why do you think a lot of this isn't, talked about or or covered in early lessons or or even as we get older like even through college everything like no, we didn't talk about Be because talk no about one posture and yeah because no one knows no one under no one understands this stuff and unfortunately it, i don't understand why no one has ever approached it this way because it just inside of drumming because it just makes so much sense to me but unfortunately a lot of these guru type people who are now dead that everyone looked up to uh they uh they never had any real world experience they were cults of personality and and um and they approached this stuff in terms of use of the body 
in the micro respect. So in the context of the instrument, and when you approach that stuff in the context of the instrument, you're so close to it, you end up getting everything upside down and backwards. And you go, well, this makes this makes sense, like, and then to, on paper to them. And then when you actually try to do it in real world, in the real world, on stage with other musicians on a gig, which none of those guys ever did, it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> And that's and that's yeah. a extremely serious uh, uh, disconnect. And so, you know, something like this free stroke thing, right? So the, where you are, you hit the surface and you pull the stick up because mm -hmm. these guys are telling you that you're getting out of the way. I'm making air quotes right now that you can't see. I'm right. that you're getting out of the way of the stick. And what's actually happening is you're hitting way too hard. And then there's so much excess energy flying back at you that you have to stop the stick. Uh, otherwise it's going to fly across the room. And so what you're doing right. is putting in too much energy. There's too much excess energy coming back at you. So you have to stop the stick and they're telling you to not only stop the stick, but pull it up, which is totally unnecessary because there's already too much coming back at you. And now the stick is stopped at the top. Now, what are you going to do? The stick stopped. So now you have to play the, the downbeat with no energy right. left. So, you know, if none of that makes sense to someone listening to this, have you ever seen someone hit a tennis ball and then right when you make contact with the tennis ball, pull the racket backwards? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, no, like no one ever does that. And it's, and it, no one does that because it doesn't make any sense. And so when I make these analogies in other uh, physical realms of the sports, you know, I'm like, do you see someone playing ice hockey, like skating around with the, with the stick in the air above their head the whole time waiting for the puck? No, because it doesn't make any sense. And right. unfortunately, these guys were so charismatic, they just pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and, and people go, well, this guy works with all these, most, all these people. He must know what he's talking about. No. Are you talking about, are you talking about Freddie or? Yeah, I'm talking about Freddie Gruber yeah. and Jim Chapin and all yeah. the other people that, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the things Jim Chapin did is he told everyone to put their elbows in. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is if you put your elbows in, your shoulder blades move together and collapse and your whole body collapses into itself. Think about doing anything as a human. Again, this doesn't have anything to do with drums. This doesn't have anything right, to do right, with right. me. This doesn't have anything to do with my opinion. This has to do with how the body is designed to work. So if you put, if you're listening to this, put your elbows in at your sides and you can feel your shoulder blades move together. You can feel everything locking up. You can feel your rib cage, your lungs, your obliques, your diaphragm, everything shut down and collapse inward. And now in that position, imagine trying to grab a doorknob, take an oil filter off your car, eat something, brush your teeth. Like right. all of Walk. that becomes, yeah. I was just thinking walking, like try, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Anything, throwing a ball, swimming, it be, all becomes literally impossible. And I've been teaching a guy uh, for, I don't know, a year or something now who studied with Chapin quite a bit. And he was like, oh, my God, I've been having all these students for the past 30 years put phone books under their arms so they can put their elbows in. And now I have to call all of them and apologize because it's like, clearly this doesn't <laughs> work. And so, um, you know, I, I think a lot of it is people just assume that, the, that these guys knew what they were doing because they were put up on such a pedestal because people, at, because human beings love to do that to other human beings. Right, right. They, they love to go, oh, this is the guy and we're going to, you know, that's, you know, that's why I like Jiddu Krishnamurti so much because 
when he would have talks with, with people, they were called discussions. They weren't called lectures. And he would he would have discussions with all these people and, and people would constantly try to turn him into a guru. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not where we're going. I'm just a right. guy, just like you. Like, and, right. and people, I think there's some part of human human nature that wants that, that needs that. Um, and unfortunately, these guys also loved being acting in that role. Um, and yeah, man, there's just a huge disconnect between what they were doing and between what actually works. And, and, and I've played, I can play at an extremely high level. And I've played on a lot of big gigs. I've done a lot of film scores. I've done a lot of recording sessions. Um, and I know what what works and mm -hmm. because I can do it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and name names and bag on people. But unfortunately, those two dudes have, have led everyone, uh, not just in the wrong direction, but the complete opposite. It's like... You know, it's like, hey, I need a hammer, and they hand you like a screwdriver, and you're just like, what right. am I going to do with this? Right? Right. So, was there, was there ever was there hesitate when you started to realize this? Was there hesitation to sort of come out with this? I mean, I've I I really try hard not to like name names. I think the people who can put put it together will put it together. Right. Um, but what this all comes down to at the end of the day for me is like, I it really disturbs me deeply to have people out there uh damaging people physiologically psychologically uh and making money off of it and when wasting people's time wasting people's money um and making it so much harder for them to to use their body and their mind in a healthy natural way that's what drives me crazy like having someone come to me and go oh my god i spent all this time all this money working on this stuff in a way that makes zero sense. I mean, I would be pissed if I went to yeah. X music school and spent a ton of money and they showed me a bunch of nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like I would be furious. Um, yeah, or if you're studying too. with someone, yeah, if you're studying with someone privately, it doesn't matter. So, and, and at the end of the day, again, this isn't my opinion. This isn't, uh, this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with physics. This has to do with the body. This has to do with what actually works when the rubber hits the road. And this stuff works. And the other approach just doesn't work. And if it did work, when you watched these people play who try to implement that approach, it wouldn't be so stiff and blocky and rigid and uncomfortable. It makes me squirm. It makes me so uncomfortable because all of those guys who play like that are so stiff gotcha it doesn't feel good huh i mean why i i guess it's just like we just you don't know what you don't know right when you're getting into it like why are first of all why do we when we sit down and play like why do we have why do we immediately think we should bury the beater why do we think that we should play a particular way but then when yeah. you start to but then when you start to learn these things if you're learning the wrong things you're kind of if you're too young you sort of don't know what you don't know and mm -hmm. and there's no way around yeah. it. Like how, how does the knowledge, I mean, this is a way that the knowledge gets out there, but, but I think it's, it's sort of, it, it pains me to think that there's so much misinformation out there in general around drumming. And I guess you just kind of, you got to learn, like you gotta, you gotta make the mistakes and, and learn as you go, I guess. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's like, you can take this back to all sorts of different scenarios, but you have people going, well, the, uh, the, 
sun revolves around the earth and if, you know and that's the way it is <laughs> right and then someone comes along and goes hey i think the earth revolves around the sun and they go no no there's no way that's possible and then here we are right so right. uh with the drum set specifically what technique is the definition of technique is learning how to use your body and do something that is uh, that is something that you would never do in normal life, whether that's um, shooting pool or, or, or hitting a golf ball or playing drums or playing piano. Developing technique is understanding how to do something that you would never do as like a hunter-gatherer person in the most natural way you could possibly do it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, as if you've ever gone and played golf, like you're going to probably go and drive a golf ball like you hit a baseball with your elbows and swing a golf. Yeah, yeah that's what you're going to do. Be but like, as you know, or most people know, just cursory knowledge, you, you have your elbows, you know, locked or close to locked and all of your power comes from the torque, comes from the twisting force of your torso. Like that feels crazy. I'm not like a pro golfer at all. I've only been like once or twice. but. Right. But does that make sense in regards to answering your your question? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So and then and then with the drum set, we start off playing as little kids. We're small. We're still growing. And the drum set is a large instrument. It's the same size it is when you're an adult. There's yeah. no when we we're kids. There were no there was no Ludwig practice or Ludwig Questlove breakbeat kit or like practice Manu Kache kits. You know those didn't exist. So. You're a tiny little kid reaching for the pedals, reaching for the cymbals. You can't, you can't set it up in a way that makes any sense uh, ergonomically. And so right out of the gate, you're, you're uncomfortable. Like the drums are playing you and you get used to that. And as you grow, you might change things. You might not. And then you combine that with the fact that the barrier to entry with the drums is really low. Anyone can sit down and just go boop, fat, boop, fat pretty quickly. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I can do this. And then they're in a band. And then 10 years later, they don't pay attention to any of this stuff until they're like, oh, my God, my back or my neck or my jaw. And they, like people don't pay attention to any stuff until there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, it's, it's sort of like uh, no one's doing all the it's, it's like health. You know, there's like no not everyone's doing the preventative stuff until they until something happens and they're like, oh, shit, now I need <laughs> surgery or i gotta exactly. have to do this thing or i gotta Ex change my exactly. diet or something yeah Exa exactly and, and all this stuff i'm talking about with drums you can apply that to healthcare. like mm -hmm. you're you're like oh hey you know my uh i'm, I'm pre-diabetic and you'll go to the doctor and they go take these pills yeah instead of going hey maybe stop eating ice cream every night <laughs> you know or like maybe do these other other things first uh, you know or you go to the doctor and you go oh man i i uh sort of tweak my shoulder here and they go oh, let's give you surgery yeah it's like well maybe you don't need that maybe you just need to stretch <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so so it's that but also like human beings and especially americans tend to be lazy so they're like oh great i don't have to do anything just give me those pills or let's do surgery or yeah. give me a lap laparoscopic you know like a lap band or whatever so like um you know this stuff ex exists everywhere uh right. It, it's not just in drumming. So it, it's like people really have to do the research themselves and try different things and see what works. And I have no 
qualms about saying like the way the way that I approach this works because I right. I know it does and the other stuff you could make it work it's just not going to work as well and yeah. um and that's that's what it comes down to you know I mean you want like that's that's the thing is like you watch me play everything I teach is how I play that's how I know it works and I've had mm-hmm. teachers where they go yeah do this and then you watch them play and it's totally not what they're telling you and you're like well what, what the hell's going I'm confused like you're telling me to do this you're doing this what am I supposed to do right so yeah you know, you watch me play and, and it's everything I, I tell you to do. That, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, today you put up, I think it was today, you put up on Instagram about like how your posture looks <laughs> and how you think it feels and then how you think it feels versus how it looks or whatever. And the, inter- the so inter- interesting that you posted that because a couple of weeks ago I was watching a video of you playing mm-hmm. and I was like, man, he looks like he's really like, like up and has his chest poked out and and then (laughs) but then i was watching and i was like oh actually he's just sitting with good posture yeah and you're because normally we're used to like you know every drummer has like their shoulder down or they're Mm -hmm. hunched over or they're Mm -hmm. playing weird and i was like why i was like dave looks kind of weird when he's playing but then i was like oh wait a minute he just actually looks Normal. Right. And, then I, and I was like, shit, what do I look like? When I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, and what's funny is, is people see me and they go, man, you sit really high. And it's not that I sit high. It's that everyone else sits too low. Interesting. But the, but the prevailing advice has been, no, your butt needs to be even with your knees and it should be a straight line. That's too low. That's straight up wrong. Uh, you will mm-hmm. totally wreck your back eventually. And the posture stuff is so interesting in that so many people are like, oh, Dave, you're like the posture guy. And I, I'm always thinking, I, I guess I am. That's just one piece of this whole puzzle. Right. There's a whole bunch of other pieces and a whole bunch of other variables at play here. But it just go, it, it goes to show that to me, that's just one piece of this whole puzzle. Uh, thing but in the history of this instrument apparently no one's ever talked about posture before <laughs> why would you <laughs> right right so like so because everyone that doesn't seem important know, right yeah i know it's crazy right <laughs> so you know uh with phil collins has that's uh, historically some of the worst use of all time i mean you look at pictures of him he's he's slouched slouched over he looks like a human question mark He's one of my all-time heroes, like top five. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love his playing. I love his songwriting. I love everything about him. So does that bad use, that bad posture make him a bad drummer? No. What it does is make it so when he gets old, he can't play anymore. Right. And yep. I, so many people don't understand that. Well, they go like, well, he's, you know, he's still good. It's like, yeah, of course he is. But, yeah, now, he's, now, his, yeah, but now his spine is, is turned to dust. And he can't play anymore. And it's a, it's a tragedy. So, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to, to avoid. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I think a lot of people just lack critical thinking skills. And you have to, they sort of get to a place on their own. And then they go, well, here I am. And I have a bunch of opinions. And you have to go, hold, 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 hold on. Let me take your hand. Let me lead you a little bit further along here. And then they go, oh, oh, now I, now I see. I just, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of people for various reasons who tend to just have like 
well, I have an opinion on that. I have a knee-jerk reaction to that without having anything to back it up, whether it's logic or real-world experience. And again, you can apply that to many different many facets different of things. society right now. Uh, but you know, I'm teaching some kid at a big, famous music school right now. Is 19, and and I I we're working on some phrasing stuff, and he played something. I'm like, I don't believe that. <laughs> Like, give me, give me something else. I don't believe you, you. I don't believe that. Like, and he's like, well, 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 I do. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think you do. Uh, and he's starting to get all defensive and he's like, well, uh, and I'm just like, look, <laughs> like, and then I walk him through it. And then 10 minutes later, he plays something and I go, yes, that, that's what I want. Give me that. And he goes, oh, okay. Now right. I, now I see what you mean. Uh, and just this level of, of, um, I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent here. There's a lot of people who are just in, entitled uh, now, right? Across all all spectrums um, of society. Uh, so, I think it's really important for people to uh, combine that with the, the lack of respect for expertise. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have people who might see some of the stuff I'm talking about and go. Well, I do it my way and it's working for me and, and they don't even want to explore certain things. And if people are like that, then I can't really. Yeah, then you can't. can't you, gotta, can't really. you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. Yeah, exactly. I can't really help them. So, But largely the people that work with me are like, dude, let's do this. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the, uh, the hard part is that, as, I mean, I know for me anyway, like, I, I'm 40. I started playing drums when I was 15, right? Mm-hmm. So now I think the hard part is, okay, I've been playing for 25 years. Now I got to go to Elitch and he's going to break everything that I'm doing down. Mm-hmm. And and first of all, like, like you got to get rid of your ego mm-hmm. for that to happen, first of all, right? Because it's like, yep. for, it's like okay, what's Dave going to think of me? What is he going to tell other people about my playing? Yep. You know, what, what is he going to shatter around like all of my thinking about how good of a drummer I am, all mm-hmm. these things. Like, I think that takes a lot just to walk into the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do have to like hand it to drummers. They are able to do that much more than any other instrument for some reason. Um, <laughs> I don't go on Twitter at all, but the, the, the band Eve six, their Twitter feed is hilarious. And someone sent me like a tweet where they said, what is it with drummers? They just like love practicing. Like what's the, <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> it was just super funny. Uh, cause it's true. Um, so I got to hand it to drummers that, that more than any other instrument, they're down to do that kind of work. And yes, you're right. I, that's one of the biggest hurdles people have to jump over. And if you've been doing something for 20, 30 years, that muscle memory is pretty deeply cemented mm-hmm. in your body. So that doesn't mean it's impossible though. And it's all about how you approach the work. And again, you know, with the Tiger Woods analogy, if you, if you watch his sort of uh, HBO special that came out a few years ago, they talk about him well into his career complete getting with a new swing coach and completely redoing his his swing from the ground up right and he's and he sucked like for a (laughs) for a while like everyone was like man you were doing so great like what are you doing and he's like i know i could be better and i have to redo this from scratch and he and he had to hit thousands of of balls 
yeah. to get to a point where it was really starting to happen. And then once it all made sense and it took some time, and this is Tiger Woods, one of the most gifted people of all time. But once he got it all together, he blew everyone out of the water and he was at a way higher level than he'd ever been. And yep. it's the same thing that I'm doing with, with people. They just have to be willing to put in the work and see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I get messages from people every day, like, oh my God, it was, it was so hard. But like now, like it's, I'm a completely different player. My band can hear the difference. Producers can hear the difference. Um, like I'll send uh, tracks to a, to a producer, someone that I'm working with will send tracks to a producer they work with regularly. And they're like, man, did you have samples on this bass drum? Like, and they're like, no, I'm just like not digging the beater in anymore. And they're, I mean, they might not say that to the producer, but like, no, right. no, it's just oh natural, you know? So <laughs> that's really when this work really shines is when people go to play with their, their band and the band goes, man, like everything sounds really good. And they go, oh yeah, I'm happy to be like working on stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what this is all about. Yes. People always equate technique or use with facility with chops. And, you know, that's sure. I have a ton of chops. Like you can do that. That's a definite avenue. But people don't understand that when you when you get rid of all that excess tension and when you use yourself in a healthy way, your feel in your pocket is going to be super deep and greasy. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really what this is all about is serving music in the highest form possible. Stock up on your favorite Evans and Promark products this holiday season with 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code RESOURCE20. Evans drum heads are the most technologically advanced drum heads on earth with revolutionary products such as EMAD, Hydraulic, and the UV series. These Evans drum heads are designed to solve sonic problems for drummers. And don't forget about Promark drumsticks, and it's more than just a pair of sticks. It's an opportunity for all drummers to break barriers of convention and make their mark. Every Promark drumstick has been perfected with ProMatch, Promark's multi-phase weight and pitch sorting process. This ensures unrivaled consistency, not only from stick to stick, but also from pair to pair. And there are two unique performance pillars with Promark. You have Promark, home of their rear-weighted, performance-driven rebound and finesse lines alongside cutting-edge innovations like Active Grip and Fire Grain. Then you have Promark Classic, which is a celebration of the timeless feel, look, and straight-ahead performance of Promark's golden era. And the home of the front-weighted, power-focused forward and attack line, including Promark's iconic Shirakashi Oak. So head over to Diodario.com and use promo code RESOURCE20 at checkout. That's Diodario.com, promo code RESOURCE20. Limited one-time use per customer, and it expires on December 31st. Sabian invites you to play your way, your sound, your style, your symbols. And they help you do that by offering a wide range of drum set cymbals, band and orchestral cymbals, auxiliary percussion, and accessories like practice pads, snare wires, stackers, and many other things. With cymbals ranging from bright, dark, modern, vintage, their best sellers like the AAX and the HHX, Sabian has you covered in every aspect of your playing. The best part is you can get them at Sweetwater.com, my favorite place to buy gear. I've been dealing with them for more than 20 years and there's no better place to get your gear. They have great sales engineers who can answer any question that you may have. They have fast free shipping, a two-year warranty on everything you buy from them and US-based tech support. So if you're not sure what you need, give them a call and they can help you out. Check out Sabian Symbols 
at sweetwater.com. The Mapex Black Panther Design Lab Series snares are amazing, and so are the artist drums. Designed by Russ Miller, the Versitus Maple Mahogany Hybrid Shell offers a naturally pre-processed sound with just the right amount of low-end, articulation, and punch. A single SAS ring on the batter side only, a unique bearing edge combination, and the ideal depth size proportion all contribute to the perfect balance of strength, functionality, feel, and beauty for all playing situations. This drum is available in both a 14 by 6.5 and a 14 by 4 and 5 eighths. To learn more about the Versitas and the rest of the entire Design Lab series, check out mapexdrums.com. How do you recommend that people take the stuff that they learn from you or you know forever from anyone else how does it how does it gradually start to work its way into your playing without them being on the gig and thinking okay elbows here this yeah, make sure yeah, i'm sitting yeah. and yeah know. it's a great it's a great question it's it's we i mean in a lesson i go okay look this is this is what you've been doing this is where we want to go and i need to make sure that the light bulbs go on in the person physiologically and they go oh okay i get it once that happens then it's it's all about working on this stuff in the shed and and turning your normal habitual use of your body into a more natural use of your body people don't under, understand the difference between those two things uh so you first get it conceptually with me then you work on it in the shed and you make sure that in a practice room like this stuff is starting to happen and then when you're playing music don't worry about any of this stuff mm-hmm. If you worry about technique or use when you're playing music, it defeats the purpose of the whole thing. Right. Right. If you're playing a gig and you're like, oh, my fulcrum or like, oh, I need to sit up straight. Like you're not in the moment. You're not playing the music anymore. You're taking yourself out of it. And that's totally pointless. So Mm -hmm. what, you know, what you want to do is check in with yourself every once in a while and, and go, okay, like, you know, this is, or you'll notice like, oh, I'm not even worried about this and it's starting to happen on its own. But it it will just start to seep in over time. And, you know, if you're playing like a wedding gig or some corporate thing or something where you're not like emotionally attached to the music and you know it super, 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 super well, then yeah, like you can can go like, hey, I'm going to work on checking, work on my posture here, you know, like or whatever. I mean, you know, if, if you're like recording with your band and you're doing original music and it really means something. No, last thing I want you worrying about is your grip. Like right. I'd, I'd much rather have someone being relaxed and holding the sticks like, like baseball bats than being tight and like distracted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so short answer, you work on it in the shed and it gradually seeps in. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I w- let's talk about this new course that you have. So you had your other course was getting out of your own way, which, which we talked about is, is, you know, around the, the technique stuff and sort of just loosening up your playing and, and for lack of a better way of saying it, getting out of your own way and just let, mm-hmm. allowing, yeah. you know, allowing your body to do what it's naturally meant to do and uh, allowing mm-hmm. your, your sticks to do what they're supposed to do. So what's this new course all about? Yeah. So let me explain what the course is and how it works. So, okay. I came out with the, the getting out of your own way in 2018 mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something differently than the way anyone else had done this before. So first of all, it was the first drum course online. 
Everything else up until that point had been subscription based. So I didn't feel comfortable taking whatever, 30 bucks a month from people and just charging everyone's credit card forever, whether I came out with content or not. I also didn't mm -hmm. want to be on the hook to make something every week or every two weeks. I, just, I can't be doing that. Um, so I thought, well, what if I make a course that's like everything you really need, whether it's phrasing or hand technique or foot technique, um, everything you really need, one course that has everything, whether you're just getting started or you want to take things to the next level. And I give you all the content immediately, as soon as you hit buy, and then you can sort through it at your own leisure. And then as I learn more, because I'm constantly doing research and teaching every day and I go, oh, wait, that could, I can actually do that or explain that better now. So it makes more sense faster to people. As I continue to do that with myself, I get better at my craft and then I can update this course accordingly. So it's a living, breathing document. And the other thing I don't think enough people understand is that if you buy it once, you have access to every iteration I will ever put out ever again for the rest of my life. You don't have to repurchase anything, which wow. I think is pretty amazing. I didn't realize that. Yeah, exactly. That's so. Cool. Yeah. So, so for instance, I, so I came out with the original course and maybe like I, uh, a year later, I learned a lot. I saw things I could have done better. And I came out with the second volume or, or edition, I should say, um, of the course, which is the Redux version that's out now. And the last several years, I have been doing a ton of research uh, and studying Alexander technique and breathing. And there were also several things in the course where I thought, oh, I could, again, I can explain this in a better way, more concise. And so there was enough to where I needed to, to do an update. And so I've, I did two days at Sound City, which is a phenomenal studio. And I have over two hours of new supplemental content nice. that, that I am including. And again, if you bought it, you're just going to log in and go, oh my God, there's all this new stuff here. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, people go to these music schools and spend 1500 bucks on textbooks, like nothing. Yeah. Um, and you know, who knows how useful those are. So, um, <laughs> so I think this is a pretty good, good thing with other which is why i'm doing it and i have split other thing a lot of people don't understand is i split it up into two parts in case someone wasn't able to afford the entire thing people think it's like two different things it's like no it's like you got the whole course and you got the first half or the second half if like the technique was more interesting to you you could get part one if the advanced phrasing stuff and pocket stuff was marching you could start there but really if I could redo the whole thing and not do that, I, I, I wouldn't make that available, but it's just too late now. So too late in the game. <laughs> yeah. So it's intended to be complete. Like it all goes together, but a specific example I can give you is I have a meditation section in the course and my, which bookends nicely with a lot of the breathing stuff I talk about. I mean, dude, talk about something that's never been addressed in really properly in the instrument. It, yeah like posture, yep. breathing. So my breathing in the course, the second version of the course, the way it is now, is uh, 
totally screwy. Like, it, like I like it, I'm I'm clavicularly paradoxically breathing. I'm breathing up into my up into my shoulders. It, I can't even like watch it, and I'm just like woof. And I was like, oh my god, I have to fix this. And because at the time, I didn't know any better. Right. And right. so now I do. And so that was one of the main reasons I was like, oh man, I got to fix this. So, I mean, that's one of those instances where it's like, what was in there is like, like it, certain things are like, oh, I can improve upon this. That's a mm-hmm. specific example where I was like, Ooh, that's like wrong. That's like not good. Um, but you know, you can, I'm sure you've had gigs where you're super nervous and you go to play a fill and you go <gasps> and you yeah. do that and breathe up into your shoulder. It's that. So anyway, so, so that, that's what the deal is with this course. And this is, I'm going to. This is going to come out on on December twentieth, um, mm-hmm. and and this is going to be the. I'm not going to do another update for a while because I have other things I need to be doing uh, that will you know we'll talk about in another year or two. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so that that's the deal. And, and, oh oh, and, and, and sorry, and really like the main reason I made this is because I would work with people in person and they would go, wow, this is amazing. I totally get it. Before I made the course, they'd go home and their head would be exploded. And then they'd be like, oh my God, wait, what was I doing? And then they'd go on the internet and watch some video from some other person and they have no idea what they're talking about. And then they come back to see me and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, I saw some other, I'm like, oh man, now we have to do this all over again. (laughs) I saw it on Instagram. It must be real. Yeah, exactly. So it's really a ref. It's really reference material. So you can either gotcha. people also also go, hey man, should I study with you first and then get the course, or should I get the course and then study with you? And it works both ways. A lot of people get the course, get acquainted with the material, start working on things, so that when we get together on Zoom or in person, it's like, oh great, you already did a lot of this work. Now we're just sort of trimming the fat. Mm-hmm. Or you can study with me. We, we work on all this stuff and then you get home and then you use that course as a reference for what we did in person. So it works gotcha. both ways. Gotcha. So talk to me about this Alexander technique. I know you would, when we were texting, you had mentioned it and I know I have like a very cursory understanding of it. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I, I know it's a loaded question, but, but give me the, the presence <laughs> of the, or the, uh, the presence, give me the, 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 uh, just the overview of the, of the Alexander technique. Yeah, well, that was sort of a Freudian slip accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Anyway, yeah. So Alexander technique is is a it's it's a difficult thing to to define, even for people who are certified Alexander teachers who've been doing it for decades. It's something that I had heard about for years, and it always sort of seemed I, like kind of. I, I lost you. Oh, okay, I, you froze there for a second. So you, the last thing I heard was the Alexander technique is a difficult thing to define. Yeah. So the Alexander technique is a difficult thing to define, even for certified Alexander technique teachers who have been teaching for decades. And essentially, the way I like to define it is we're we're attempting to get back to our natural use of our body when we were toddlers. Uh, before society, living in modern day society has sort of compressed us into these like diamonds <laughs> of, of, uh, of um, tension. And so when you, when you look at a, at a toddler squat, they go to pick something up, they squat. They don't like bend mm-hmm. over, or, like lean over, like they squat perfectly. Um, 
that's a that's a perfect example. They're not thinking about what they're doing. They're just using their body in a in a the way it's designed to be used. Um, right. When they get up, when they sit down, everything leads with the head. Uh, they usually nasal breathe as opposed to mouth breathe. Um, so what happens is by living in modern day society, in order to survive or just exist, sitting in cramped desks when you're a kid, 12 years, sitting in a cramped, crappy cubicle, crappy chair at an office all day when you're an adult, sitting in a car, um, all of these things compress us and we collapse into ourselves and the human body is designed to expand outwards. So when you look at uncontacted tribes in the Amazon or like old pictures of, of Native American tribes, no one's overweight. Everyone nasal breathes. Everyone has great teeth. Everyone is walking in like a healthy way. And it's because human beings are not meant to be sedentary. We're not mm -hmm. meant to sit down. And when you can take this back to drums, human beings aren't meant to sit down. And we're certainly not meant to sit down and pick our feet up in the air. Mm. That's, that's one of the weirdest things you could ever do as a human being. And you would never do that in any other situation other than playing drums. Yeah. Right. So the problem I think is, about, yeah, I've never, never thought about that before. Well, this is why I get the big bucks, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you're sitting down and you go to pick your feet up in the air, people do two things. They go, Oh shit, I'm going to fall over. The autonomic nervous system goes ding, 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 ding. You know, you're going to fall over. So you lean forward and you hold yourself up with your legs, which is why everyone digs the beater into the bass drum because they're holding themselves up due to lack of healthy posture or they go, Oh shit, I'm going to fall backwards. And then they hover over the pedals and they fall backwards. And this is because again, sitting down and lifting the feet up is totally strange. Um, mm -hmm. And also because people don't have solid posture, not to mention they might be sitting on a throne that's way too soft. So um, essentially Alexander technique is, is that, and it's, and it's getting rid of as much, excess tension in that you're holding on to as, as, as you possibly can so that the body is ready to be used in a healthy way. And it's, it's simultaneously incredibly complex and complicated and nuanced and also so simple. Um, and there's no, there's no other way to really understand what it is other than studying with someone who's certified. And I felt like I was on my own for years teaching drums because what I was doing was very similar in a lot of ways to Alexander technique, but it was the complete opposite of the way drums were being taught for the entire mm -hmm. history of the instrument. So um, when I started studying Alexander, everything lined up. Huh. And what I say all the time is like, I don't know any other drum teacher in the history of the instrument who does like the technique use stuff in a way that makes sense at all remotely besides me. But you can find any Alexander technique teacher in the phone book, go take a lesson with them, they're going to get it. Hundred percent. Interesting. So, so do you? Not, do, did you go and get the certification for the Alexander technique too? You know, I'm, I'm sort of torn about that. Um, it, it's a big commitment. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the two teachers I study with, Sandra Dager in the Bay Area and Jean Louis Rodrigue at UCLA, both were like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, this is great." Cause you're already doing a lot of this stuff. You're not doing Alexander, but it's, you picked up on these universal truths. 
that are there already. And you're also, they confirmed like, man, you're like the most sensitive person I've ever worked with. Like both of them said that. So that was also like, okay, I'm not crazy. So as we both started working together, uh, as I started working with both of them and I got deeper, they were both like, uh, maybe, maybe you should get certified actually. So I'm, I'm not sure at some point I might, I might do it. Um, it's like three years. Like, I, I don't know if it's 1600 hours. It's a lot. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's no joke. Um, so I might do it at some point. I tell everyone that studies with me to pick up a book called Alexander Technique, A Skill for Life by Pedro de Alcantara. Mm -hmm. And that book is like, every sentence in that book is solid gold. Uh, much like if you read like the Tao Jeet Kune Do or certain, certain books where everything just makes sense. Again, because you're tapping into this higher order of things. This, this universal truth. We're not playing drums anymore. We're thinking right. about just existing as human beings. So, um, so if someone wants to get into Alexander Technique, it, the internet, like anything, is a real minefield. And if you start Googling it, you're going to get goofy videos on YouTube. And um, it's not woo-woo in the slightest. It's, it's, it, people can sort of be attracted to it in that way mm -hmm. and eh, there's something wrong with woo-woo stuff but like you know this isn't like um you know astral projection or something like this, <laughs> right. is a, this is a very this is a very real thing so you know one other example i can give you is when i do these these clinics all over the world um the last one i did before right before covid was in, in manchester and i brought some random person up on stage i never met before and i said let me hold your arm for you and he's like, okay. And so I go to pick up his arm and I go, let me hold it. And he goes, okay. And I go, so you're letting me hold your arm right now. You're not doing anything. And he goes, uh-huh. And I let my hands go and his arms just still up in the air. <laughs> and I'd never talked to him before. I never met him. How did I know that was going to happen in front of whatever, 150 people? Because everyone does this and they don't know they're doing it, which is why I have to do this. So it, it it's very similar to, to that. If I could give you like one concise example. Yeah. I, to me, there's, there's this world of, of sort of mindfulness and meditation, stretching, mm -hmm. uh, posture. You could probably throw yoga Pilates sure. to there. Like that, that whole world, which is it's super interesting to me because I've, I've, de I've spent the last probably five or six years really experiment or, or really, uh, digging into that world. Uh, mm -hmm. Most recently, like Pilates and all that kind of stuff, but great. Um, but I think that 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 stuff gets so overlooked and is tied to, like you're saying, everything else in life. It's not just your drumming, but it's tied to how you feel, your mental state, your your physical state, how your you know is your mind clear when you're playing, or are you present with your friends, or are you sitting on your phone the whole entire mm -hmm. time, and and all of these other all, all of these things, and and I don't know what word I would put on that that whole world. Sure. Um, sure. But I think it's I think it's such an important thing that gets overlooked and and to your point like some of it seems like oh woo woo we where it's like I'm trying to get in touch with my body and my my being mm -hmm. present and all that and people are like okay man whatever <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, but it's like yeah. but what but then when they start to see the the effects of it mm -hmm. and like you go and you see people and they're like you just you look good you know and you're like because yep. I. I I feel good. You know, there's like, yeah. I don't have this tension yeah. or I don't have this, you know, I'm clear and focused in my mind or, or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, super that's, important, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. And all of those things are closely related. 
And if you start meditating or doing yoga, I mean, again, like you own a yoga pose when you can breathe fully within that pose. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're, if you're doing a pose and like whatever warrior downward dog or whatever, and you're going (sighs) like, you don't own that pose. And then as soon as you are able to breathe fully, like you really are letting go of all that tension, you can use your body and, and fully the way it's designed to be used. It's, it's the same thing. And those things are all connected. I mean, yoga exists as a precursor to meditation. That's why it exists in the first mm-hmm. place. It's a bunch of stretches so you can sit for hours at a time without anything getting weird or tweaked. So they are intertwined. Yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's, so- it's funny to me when you talk to someone who doesn't, if they don't do yoga or they don't do Pilates or something like that, and, and you tell them that you do it and they're like, oh, okay. And you're like, oh, you think it's easy? You go try it. Oh, yeah. That shit is I mean, not easy. Yeah. You see all kinds of, of people like who do Pilates or yoga and they're shredded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. I was doing core power yoga years ago uh, and I really liked it a lot and you get addicted to that hot room, but I also lift and do cardio every day. And it's like, I just don't have time to do, yeah to do, to do everything. Um, but I, I do really like that a lot as a discipline, but it's what all of this stuff, all of these things, it all, they all connect in a way that we are trying to re connect and be present within our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's what all of this work comes down to. And whether you're talking about phones, social media, anxiety, panic attacks, um, reading the news, like so much of, of, of existing now is, is being pulled out of the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what all of this work is. And that's why this work is so hard because it's, it's easy to be, not in yourself it's hard to be present and so uh, at the end of the day we're just trying to connect back with ourselves and there's a there's a concept in alexander technique called end gaining g-a-i-n-i-n-g and that is when you're doing something or you 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 have a a goal in mind an end that you were trying to gain. And I always use the example of some guy at the gym using dumbbells that are way too heavy. And he's like throwing his body around to, to swing in so, the dumbbells up and everything. Yeah, exactly. So that would be end gaining because he's like, I, I need to curl these dumbbells that are probably way too heavy. And then my form goes out the window. So you can easily apply that to playing any instrument, but especially drums. And mm-hmm. what happens is when you, when you perpetually end gain and uh, over time, in order to, to sustain that poor use, you have to become numb to yourself. Hmm. So if you're playing something that's way too fast and you're going, do God, do God, do God, do God, do God, and you're going, oh God, I'm getting really tired. And then you start shrugging and then your arm hurts. And then like, but you, I got to make it through the song. And then you do that enough. Like, what do you do? You detach. It's the same thing with trauma. What happens when you, when you go through trauma, you detach, mm-hmm. right? As, yep. a, as a means, as a means to survive. So so when you have that level of disengagement and detachment over and over and over again, it becomes really difficult for some people to find their way back to themselves and their body map might not even be there. Like sometimes I'll tell people, I'll be working with someone and I'll say, okay, why don't you just let everything go? 
um, like, like, like slouch. And instead mm -hmm. of slouching, they might let their stomach out. Right. You know, and they don't even realize it. So it's like, you know, the, the things aren't the, the roadmap for themselves is not even there's big chunks missing or, or things connected in other ways, like the wires are all crossed. So yeah. it seems it, it, on paper, it seems, you know, like not a big deal, but, you know, uh, it, it's it can be really tough work. Yeah. The 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 weightlifting analogy is is really interesting. Like if you if you're using 35 pound dumbbells, it's mm -hmm. far harder if you use 25s and do it slowly and and you're present with it and you're you know you're lifting it. So same thing, you know, like take a paradiddle. It's far harder to yeah. do it at 45 beats a minute and mm -hmm. see exactly how everything yep. is lining up and all. Like that's way harder. I don't yeah, care what do. anyone says. That's why I made these those t-shirts that say slow down and do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, just, it just kept I guess had to keep saying that to people. So now I just point at the shirt, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why they they always put, you know, if a drummer like years ago they when a drummer was cocky or something, they would put him on the bandstand and they would do the slowest ballad they could with brushes mm -hmm. and be like, "All right, you want to sit in? That's what we're going to play." Yeah, totally, because it's <laughs> it's not hard. And what's so funny with like the circus freaks you know, show that we're living in with Instagram and YouTube. Now you have all these death metal guys grinding away, whatever, 300 beats per minute. And I taught some guy years ago and I was like, can you just play it 60 for me? And completely, completely fell apart. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, you know, playing slow is so much harder than playing fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that, that's really what, what all of this is, is about. And, and it's about zooming out in order to zoom in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the subtitle to this iteration of the course is hidden in plain sight because all of this stuff is right. It's obviously got to be discovered and, there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. It really nice. is. I mean, it's like, it's, it's important. I think it needs to be, I think it needs to be talked about more. And just this, I, I love the idea of this, this inclusion of everything that your playing affects your life, your life affects your playing, your, the things that you're doing in the gym affect the way that you're sitting, which affects your play. I mean, it's, everything is, is interconnected. And I, like you said earlier when, uh, in the episode, you were saying, you know, we tend to compartmentalize these things or just say, this is drums and that sits over here. And this is <laughs> my work and that sits over here. And it's like, man, there, you have a bad day at work and you can't get rid of it. That's going to affect how you're playing behind the kit and vice versa. So. Absolutely. And, you know, the, I always talk about the Sam Harris app waking up. And one of the things he reminds people constantly is, Hey, we just got done with the 10 or 20 minute meditation. And now you're going to go out and, and live your life. You're going to greet your day. And that doesn't mean we're done meditating. Right. Like when you go to open, open a door, when you go to like wash the dishes, when you go to sit in your car, take a second and be present. This isn't like, okay, I sat in a room quietly and, and focused on my breathing and nope, oh, 10 minutes, now I'm done. It's like, no, no, this is all still happening. And, and, and that's, that's the way we want to approach this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I will have to trade some, uh, some books back and forth. I got, I want to hear some, some, uh, some good book ideas from you. So sure. I've got a, I've got a list on my, I've got a book recommendation list on my website as well, Perfect. which I Perfect. need to update. Right. <laughs>
so that so that's the best place for them to go to uh if they want to get the the new course yes um, thank just you. go to davylitch.com yes. yes thank you yeah you go to davylitch.com click on the instructional course tab it'll pop up and everything everything's there all the information's there Cool. And if people want to study with you in person, they can just contact you through the website as well, right? Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's a book a lesson tab there and um, people hit me up on Instagram too, but I just have to end up sending them to my site anyway. So, but you can DM me too, whatever. That's fine. Okay. Cool, man. Well, dude, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I, I, like I said, I think this is super important stuff to, to be talking about and none other than you uh is is a good person to be talking about because you do you're not somebody who's just spewing this information that they're like oh i read this book last week and let me start uh you know putting it out there in the world like you do your research you do your homework you practice what you preach uh Mm -hmm. and so i think all of that is super important man so so keep spreading that that good work thanks man i really appreciate that thanks for having me on the show again no doubt man anytime i'll talk to you soon cool later There you have it, the one and only Mr. Dave Elich. And you can get the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 644. Also, head over to daveelich.com and you can grab the course. I highly recommend it. And if you like this episode or you like other episodes, do me a favor, leave a rating, leave a review. It's super easy to do. Just go to Apple Podcasts and click on write a review and you can either give us a five-star rating or you can write a little review and say what's up up to you uh but either way those uh those ratings and reviews definitely help and again i hope you enjoyed this episode and until the next one keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace drummer's resource is produced by revoice media executive producer nick ruffini that's me edited by justin thomas Video editing by Tomas Shannon and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.